Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. I'm Cade Barrett here with Scott Farrow. Today's guest is Jared Martin, real estate broker and real estate investor. We're excited to have you guys listening to today's episode. Jared talks about some real estate investing tips and tricks, why he's looking out of state and share some of his goals with us and also share some advice for those of us looking to get started in real estate investing. Jared, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Perfect. So, uh, Jared, if you don't mind just explaining for people who might not know you personally, uh, what's your role here at Keller Williams and with uh, real estate here in the Central Valley? Okay, uh, give you a little bit of history. I'm one of the owners of the uh, franchise in, in Fresno, Keller Williams franchise in Fresno. I own that business with Jennifer Martin, Brian Martin, and Joanna Odebashian. And I've been in real estate in Fresno since uh, 2001. I grew up in the, the profession though. My grandfather uh, purchased a brokerage in the mid 70s. So I've been around real estate my whole life. So my grandfather was a broker, my mom's a broker, and I'm a broker. So you're the third generation in real estate? I am. Do you think that played a part in uh, having some understanding when you got into the business? I don't, I don't know. I think most of the growth that's happened, even with my mom or Jennifer, has occurred during when I got in the business, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I would have described my mom as uh, an average real estate agent in 2001. And when, uh, growing up, I didn't want to get be a real estate broker. I looked at her, her production and what she's making. I thought she works way too many hours for way, uh, not enough money. And so I, that wasn't interesting to me at all. So what was, uh, do you think it was the strong family ties that, um, I mean, were you interested in anything else before real estate or you kind of saw your family doing it and, you know, you kind of wanted to hop in and do your thing and, you know, stuff like that? No, I wanted to be an athletic director. So I, like at the division one level, it was my, my dream. We had a family tragedy in 2001. My mom called me and said, hey, I need you to quit your job when you come to work with, with the real estate broker. And so that's what I did. Really? Was What was it then? Because now you've moved from being a real estate broker as your main thing to, it sounds like now you really focus on investing. I really, I love investing. Mm-hmm. So, so when I got into the business, I was really fortunate to meet a man named Tom Hyatt and Tom and Angie Hyatt own Hyatt real estate here in Fresno. And as, as soon as I got in the business, Tom grabbed me and helped me understand that uh, you, you, you can make a good living selling real estate, but you can make a fortune owning real estate. And so one of the things he said to me right away is, you need to own a hundred houses. And there, and that number was important to him because there was a man in town who had just sold his portfolio for $10 million, a hundred home portfolio in 2001 for $10 million. And so Tom used that number and said, Jared, this should be your benchmark. That that grew. Now I haven't, I haven't hit a hundred properties yet, but, but that, that goal has grown and now it's it's different. It was, I wanted to have 500 doors in Fresno. And and then I have another mentor of mine, um, wonderful man out of San Diego, Bob Cavan. And Bob said, Jared, we, we get together about three times a year. And he said, Jared, you're not dreaming big enough. 500 won't do. And he told me about another man who lives in San Diego, who in a 20 year time sp- uh, span, 
went from zero doors to 10,000 doors. And so Bob has pushed me to, to focus on bigger growth and, and 10,000 doors. I, I'm a, a, a fail forward guy. And so if I only hit 2,500 doors uh, when this is all over, it's a win. It's better than zero, right? 100%. You know, it's funny. Actually, Tom Hyatt, who's still in the business, um, about a year and a half ago, I was going to an appointment and I saw he was doing an open house. And I stopped by and I was the only person there. It was an old fig. And uh, I had seen him talk one time before at, at Young Professionals Networking, YPN. And he told me the same thing. Well, his number was different. He said, Scott, he said, how long have you been in this? I said, you know, about a year. And he goes, you need to go buy houses. And he had the same motto. So it's interesting that, you know, almost 20 years later, he said the exact same thing. Go buy houses. That's how you make a true fortune. That's right. So what drew you to real estate investment as opposed to, you know, other forms of investment that are popular, you know, stock market and all that sort of stuff? Kate, I think I'm conservative. And so I think that's, I like to be able to touch things. And you can leverage real estate, right? You, the, the fortune builder guys, I went to high school with those guys. So Than and, and Paul, and I've known JD since I was five. And, and watching those guys has been fun. Uh, and they're selling their program. Mm -hmm. and, and you hear guys say, you can do this with zero. And you really can. And, and I hate to say that because I'm a little more concerned of that, but you can go out and borrow other people's money and achieve great wealth. My story was I, I had uh, borrowed some money from my ex-father-in-law and he was charging me, I think it was 14% interest and then half of the flip. I'm not a big flip guy, I'm a hold guy, mm. but at the time it was a flip and my CPA saw the amount of interest I'd paid him. And my CPA said, I'll do it all for 7%. That's a great wow. deal. <laughs> Unbelievable, huh? Yeah. And then he started telling his clients about me. And so his clients started lending me money. And so I, I was you know, able to achieve most of my, my growth um, without any of my own capital. And again, that sounds crazy. And I, I, I wanna caution people uh, not to do that unless you have experience because it's, it's terrible to lose people's money. Yeah. And I've lost. But I've, really? made, I've made my investor whole. I mean, at 28, I lost 135,000 bucks. How my, did you make him whole? I paid him every dollar back over time. Really? You just... You, you just had to put in the grind and, and solve the problem. That's right. You solved the problem. I, I transferred the, the loan that I had that lost money to another property of mine. And so they had uh, security in another property of mine and I made payments until that property appreciated and I refinanced them and paid them off. But uh, I, I made them whole. I was talking to Jennifer the other day and she had spent some time calculating what the, the true cost of that was and uh, with time and everything. And it was $162,000 over time. But at the moment it was 135 and oh, I was 28, it was a bummer. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money. For a young man. Absolutely. And, and we grew up poor. My, my mom and dad were housekeepers when we moved to Fresno. And so, and my dad ended up being a preacher and preachers don't make any money. In fact, I can tell you, my dad was making $2,400 a month until I was 18 years old. And so, I mean, I just knew that. And my mom was, wasn't was a very successful real estate broker then. And so we were, we, we'd always get uh, hand-me-down cars from our 
for my dad's parishioners. So we had one, it was a, a, a station wagon, and we called it the Mother Teresa Mobile. But so for, uh, you know, growing up like that, to lose 135000 what, what went through your head? I've, I've yet to have something like that happen, and I know almost everybody has. Well, every day I'd say to Jennifer, at the time I had a $500,000 life insurance policy on me, and so I'd say to Jennifer, I'm just going to walk out in front of the fax bus every <laughs> day, right? Oh, man. It was a complete bummer. Uh, you know, I got through, and mm-hmm. I've had wins and losses since then, and I think I've had more wins and losses, and, mm-hmm. and we're having fun. Well, there you go. Sweet. So you mentioned... Um, that number of 10,000 doors and you said right now you're uh, under a hundred yeah how are you what's the biggest thing you're doing every day in order to get to that 10,000 doors that you haven't been doing before before you increased your goal to 10,000 well I'm, I'm looking and I'm looking at different places California has become a little bit more difficult to be a landlord uh, with with uh, uh, the governor's AB 1482 that was passed and the statewide rent control, it makes it difficult, particularly if you like multifamily. And I think that you're gonna to continue to see California be more difficult to, to own multifamily investments. And so I'm looking in, in other states and I hired an economist and he shared with me uh, the states that he believes that I should invest in. And so I'm spending a lot of time uh, in those states now. Awesome. Now, for people who are listening, they might not know that you are also the President Association of Realtors for California. Yes. So you've you've worked with Gavin Newsom before. You were at the top echelon of uh, influence when it comes to real estate laws. Yeah, I, I uh, served the California Association of Realtors as its president in 2019. At the time, it was a 211,000 member organization. Wow. The, the largest state trade association in the country, the second largest uh, trade association only to the National Association of Realtors in the country. So that was a lot of fun, and we did get to interact with the governor and uh, with uh, uh, some of the Rachu and, and uh, some of the guys who, who worked on that AB fourteen eighty two. And so, you know, our, our state is uh, you know the pendulum swing, and our our state is swinging hard to the left. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think over time, you know, equilibrium occurs, but right now we're not seeing that, and so. We're moving a tough direction for landlords. That's right. So you're looking out of state. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what were some of the hurdles that you had to overcome when you started looking non-local? I know you've been in the business here. Your family's really, really active here in the local Central Valley. When you start looking, you know, in states, you know, three thousand miles away, what what were some of the barriers you had to jump? I think because of my network, uh, you know, when you serve as the president of the California Association of Realtors, you've got an expanded network. And so I've got friends all over the country. And because of that, some of the hurdles that, that other people would experience, I didn't. I make a call, I've got a property manager in South Carolina. It's a guy that I've served on a board with. He and I have served on the finance committee for the National Association of Realtors. I know he's smart, he's a guy I trust, right? And so um, uh, uh, I don't have any hesitancy going to South Carolina going to Rock Hill and, and, and trusting that Jay is going to put me in the right investment and that he's going to manage my my uh, property for me. And so mm. that, that network has been, it's fruitful for me. Really? And, and I've enjoyed that. And I think that's, you know, there's a lot, there's a knock on people who give back. But I think I've been rewarded uh, 10 times, 100 times over. 
Do you, wow. Would you say that network is probably the biggest key that's helped you so far, just having that think, widespread network? I think that network is important. I think the understanding of investments has been more important. And I think, so because of that, I think my, my uh, I, I achieved a designation called Certified Commercial Investment Member. And, and for those of you who are in finance, it, it's very similar to a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, there are five core courses, and then uh, you have to do a big research paper. I, it took me three or four years to complete the five courses. I went all over the country. Each course is a week long. You're in, in the classroom eight hours a day. Uh, you have a final exam in each course. And then uh, at, once you've completed your courses, I think there's an elective you've got to take as well. And then you've got to put together a portfolio of, of real estate you did and then sit down for a final exam. And so it's, it's pretty extensive. That that has been, uh, it's helped me allow uh, myself or, or it's helped me come up with standards for my investment. I think before you, you hear people say, well, I, I want cash flow. Well, if you pay cash for a property, you're gonna achieve cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I needed to have benchmarks or minimum standards for my investments before I, I wanted to invest. And so uh, that helped me there. The other, that was one of the education. The other one is, uh, you know, very early in my uh, career and in my adult life, I was asked to be a member of a community bank. And on that community bank board, I, so I was a board of directors of a community bank. And on that community bank board, I served as uh, uh, the vice chairman of the governance, excuse me, the, uh, uh, the director of loan committee. And being exposed to how commercial financing works has helped as well. So my, I think my, my education and my network have uh, helped me to get across the country. I know what I'm talking about. When I go to sit down with a guy, I understand the language. Mm -hmm. I, I've got a, a call into a banker uh, back east, and I'm, I'm looking at 20 units back east right now. And, mm -hmm. and it's nice to be able to call and have an educated discussion with a commercial lender. And he's got confidence because I use the correct language. He has confidence that... I'm capable of doing what I say I'm doing. Now, the CCIM, how did you get introduced to that? Do you, what are the requirements to be able to even join or do that? Uh, there are no requirements. It, there's a cost. Okay. Uh, I think I probably spent, I bet it was a $10,000 investment all in with the courses, the with travel. The travel and all and that. The, the hotel and lodging and all that. Uh, maybe, maybe it's 15 now, but it was, I was exposed to it through the, uh, the National Association of Realtors. It is uh, the granddaddy of all designations. It's the most uh, extensive. And you know, it's interesting, several of these classes that I attended, you'd have kids from Harvard and Columbia during their, their summer sessions taking these classes. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting. Or one of the classes I was in Denver, Colorado, and I sat next to um, the, the head of acquisitions for um, uh, Walgreens. No way. Right? Really? Yeah, so you sit next to these guys and you're like, oh, this is interesting. Really? Yeah. That is really interesting. So what would you, um, you know, because a lot of our content is pushed to people, you know, our age, a little bit younger, who are thinking about real estate, wanting to learn a little bit more. So if they, you know, have a little bit of harder time trying to get on the board of a bank or maybe don't have the financial commitment yet to put in to that, a designation like that, where would you have them start? So I, I think you can do the designation because each class, I mean, it, it could take you five or six years, mm -hmm. right? And you're, the first class that you're going to take is a two-day course. 
it's not that big a deal. It's the intro to the uh, Hewlett Packard uh, 10B, 10B2 calculator. And so you just learn how to use your financial calculator. And I, I don't think that's not a very big investment. That's where I'd start. I believe in delaying gratification. And I think I'm going to knock your generation just a little bit. Go I, for it. I think it's hard for your generation to delay gratification. My dad coached that and ingrained that in me. And I, I see that with members of my generation a little bit more. I'm 44. You guys are 20 and 22? 22, 21. 22, 21, right? So my dad talked about delayed gratification my whole life. When I set goals, I don't mind saying I want something when I'm 70 years old, mm-hmm. right? A lot of guys want it right now. And I think that's when you make the biggest mistakes. When you can't delay gratification, we got to have it right now, right? So start making the investment now. Start with just beginning. Yeah, do this. Do the the CCIM. Do the intro course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't travel now, so it's going to be less expensive. So you can do it online, and I'll teach you everything you want to know about the Hewlett Packard calculator, right? Right. And then once you do that, and then then you start. Okay. What rate of return do I want on my investment, right? And be reasonable. If you're making a quarter percent in the bank and you're making twelve percent in the stock market. Okay, where, where do you want to be? I used to, when I meet with clients now and they say, hey, I want to get investment real estate, I want to buy apartments. So, okay, here's the spectrum. Here's a quarter percent here and here's 18%. And I know it goes beyond 18%, but just let's say right. that's our spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. 18% is going to be very, very management intensive, right? Mm-hmm. Are you are you able to do that? Is that something you're, you've got time in your life to do? A quarter percent, it's not rewarding enough because you can do that at the bank with, with uh, federal uh, FDIC insurance, right? Right. No risk. Okay, so where along that spectrum do you want to be? I've had clients who, who are doctors that say, you know, I'm making a quarter percent on a half million dollars at the bank. If I made four and a half percent, I'm, I'm doing really good. I'm happy. Great. So let's find you an investment that, that meets your minimum yield requirement or your minimum standard. Hmm. And, and a lot of times... A property manager will manage that, and so it'll be easier for them to to achieve yeah. their goal. Then you got other guys who are like, "Hey, I don't mind going to collect rent. I don't mind doing the work myself. I know that that the stuff on the other end of the spectrum is going to be managed more, more management intensive. I'm going to have more evictions. Mm-hmm. Great, you can handle that." Yeah, going back to delayed gratification. Um, do you think because, I mean, why do you like buy and hold? You said you were in flipping a little bit. What is it, the delayed gratification that intrigues you the most about buy and hold as opposed to other avenues of real estate investing? I'm a, a really good real estate broker, I think. Uh, I, in the, there's, there's guys better, right? Always is going to be There's guys there. better. But in the four, 14 years, excuse me, in the 19 years, uh, I've been doing this in October. I've been licensed 19 years. Uh, I've, I've closed over 1,400 transactions. So I'd say I'm a, a, a good real estate broker. I can make a great living doing that. I don't need to make a living flipping houses. And if I start to flip houses, it's going to take away from what I'm really good at. right? But do I want to take my income here and buy investments? Yes. Or do I want to use the knowledge that I've learned over that 19 years and use other people's money to buy investments? Yes. 
but I don't want to I don't want to take a $35,000 flip and trade it for 35,000 in commission. To me this is, I know this better. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that absolutely. makes absolute sense. So if I'm good at this, I'm going to continue to be good at that. Got it. Specialization is a big key. It sounds like you spend a lot of time getting very, very good at what you find important. So you've gotten very good at um, obviously buying and selling real estate for other people. And then you invested time, effort, and money into learning how to analyze deals so that now you can help buy yourself those and buy clients those. Um, You know, at the end of the day, what would you say is more important at that point? Is it education to continue to grow because you're still growing to a bigger goal at this point are you looking to learn more are you just looking to go out and find more no you're always looking to learn more and at different stages of your investment career you're going to be exposed to things that you didn't know i'm completing a loan right now that i didn't know existed it closes next week and and it's a blanket loan on four of my properties and I'm, I'm taking, I had average interest rates of probably 7% on those four properties because they're commercially financed. And I'm going down to 3.52%. And, and the amortization is a 25 year amortization and it's a 20 year loan. I didn't know that existed, right? There, there's, uh, I couldn't have done this or been exposed to this loan at the beginning of my investment career because I didn't have enough assets to qualify. You, this loan, you, there's um, minimum asset. Yeah, minimum requirement. asset requirement. And so now I'm at a place where I, I feel like uh, uh, a wrinkle in time. I feel like I'm in a different right uh, paradigm or a, a different universe because I, I, I didn't know this existed. Now I sit on a, a bank board and I didn't know this existed. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm always learning, and I think you're always learning. And and I wonder. What what's next, and what am I exposed to next? I've never I know borrowed from life insurance companies, so I'm interested in that. Um, but I, I'm. I think when you stop growing, you stop learning. What's that? What's that uh, book? You start Ch- change or die. You ever read that book? Read that book, Change or Die. It's a good book. Change or Die. Interesting. Huh? Hmm. I haven't read it, but I somebody recommended it to me recently. It's worth reading. Well, now you have too. <laughs> There we go. Well, Jared, you mentioned um, first, I mean, obviously the the designation for younger people who may be thinking about getting into real estate investing. Um, is there any other big takeaways or any other pieces of advice you would want uh, anyone listening to, listening to our podcast know uh, other than that designation if they're interested about, you know, jumping in uh, feet first and into real estate investing? Uh, I think, I think, it goes along with delaying gratification. I think you have a plan. So for me, the plan is 10,000 doors, right? And and there's benchmarks along the way. M- my first benchmark was I wanted 129 doors. And the reason why I wanted 129 doors is that 129 doors that have gross rents of a million dollars. And I wanted to achieve that by the time I was 47. So I'm 44. Uh, I don't have 129 doors, but I'm about $130,000 off that gross rent goal, annual gross rent. And, and for me, 
having a million dollars in gross rents is important because you become more bankable. Your your bank sees those dollars going in to their their uh, institution, right? Mm-hmm. And now they go, oh, this is a real business. It's not a pretend business. It's not this guy doing it part time. And and I think once I get to that million dollars, I'm going to be able to grow exponentially, right? So I'll be able to go from a million dollars in gross rents to five million. I I envision and the, how I model this is, so if I, I hit by 47 a million dollars in gross rents, by 49 I should be able to have five million in gross rents. And now it's doors open that normally wouldn't open. Bankers call you when when uh, an asset is not performing and they've got to liquidate it, right? Hey, we see that you're in this market. Uh, we've got an asset that's not performing. The investor's going to lose it. Would you like to, to buy this from us? I want to be in, in that space, right? That helps that exponential growth. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on. A lot Anytime. of really good knowledge. And uh, for people who are interested in uh, reaching out to you, you're here at Keller Williams, yep. and uh, you're able to reach there. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, sir. We you're appreciate welcome. you coming on. Thanks for coming on, Jerry. I enjoyed the visit. Thanks for tuning into the Pursuit of Property podcast with Jerry Martin. We're appreciative of his time, and we look forward to hearing more from you about what you want to listen to in Season 2. Hope you have a great day.